of course, when the pandemic uh, came uh, with a vengeance, uh, the face-to-face -face delivery was out the window. So we had to uh, think about how we're we going to replace these with some e-learning, for example, or how can we make it possible. So we're joined today by Mike Lenane, who is one of the team rebooters, um, our chief technical officer, to give him his formal title. Um, we're going to be talking a bit about technology today, because next week on Slack is going to be our tech takeover in preparation for the relaunch of our digital courses, um, which have been re-looked at and are being relaunched in line with us moving onto a fully virtual um, delivery model. Um, most of you will have experienced some of our classroom courses now moving online and this is the next step of our digital courses moving fully online as well. So welcome Mike, um, thank you for agreeing to do this podcast today to talk about what we're going to be launching next week. Um, so do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your your background, what you do in Reboot? Most people will have met you at the inductions, but um, you can talk through what you do day to day um, and a bit of your experience and your passions around the world of technology, because I know it is a big thing for you. Yes, well, um, yeah, I guess that uh, I work at um, Ineo and Reboot is looking after the systems. But obviously, originally, uh, back a couple of years ago, um, or more than that, was uh, sorting uh, the, the platforms, if you like, to, for what we uh, what we needed for Reboot to make it work and to deliver the learning and so on. So that was the LMS. And then we needed a communications platform that um, was secure and everybody could use, uh, which was that became Slack, of course. And then and Google Cloud, uh, which is Google Workspace, as it's called now. Um, and uh, bringing those together. So that was my primary function to start with, if you like. Um, and we had to overcome some some issues, if you like. It was a distinct challenge in that we had um, we had a team, and our team, as you know, were sort of separate entities at that point. Uh, we weren't all within one corporate wall garden, uh, including all the learners, of course, were, were separate outside of the systems and and indeed the Edgar Trust and ourselves and so on, and not to mention our facilitators and, and mentors. And so all sort of separate entities, but had to uh, come together somehow and where we could, uh, you know, sort of exchange or share uh, data about ourselves and uh, indeed the uh, course content and registrations and all that sort of sensitive data. Um, and how we could make that work in, in a secure way as possible with GDPR sort of hanging over us and all the rest of it. And naturally our moral obligation to keep everyone's data as secure as possible. So that that kind of took up a lot of my time and still does to a degree where I keep an eye on, you know, how the systems are working and if there's anything needs sorting out uh, or updating, which it tends to do quite a bit. And of course, um, helping with communication as well and how these things work for our members and so on. So that's sort of a kind of my day to day. Uh, would you it'd be fair to say, I guess it's been an evolving beast really, hasn't it? Uh, the technology side of, of Reboot and um, it, the number of learners we now have on and engaging with different mediums all the time. It's been it's been a huge piece of work over the last almost four years now and ever evolving, I guess. I mean, I'm constantly 
coming up with new challenges for you. And I know a lot of the team are asked questions and you have to go away and do some research to see whether you can make it possible. And you usually come up with a pretty um, a good solution that's close enough to what we were looking for. But um, it's a big learning curve every day, I guess, in the world of technology. Well, well, it is. I mean, it's the same for everyone, really. I mean, if you look back even you know, five, eight years, um, and I'm sure everyone would agree, is that, you know, there's so many different tools and ways of doing things now, if you like, or over the last few years, and there were even back then. So, um, and I think that that's kind of the, in one way, it was, it was a great challenge for us, albeit in a small way. I mean, I know people have much bigger challenges than we've come across, but um, certainly within our in reboot, um, you know, we have people that were quite used to uh, so-called technology or using computers day-to-day, you know, have been for decades. And then others that really don't use them on a day-to-day basis. But, of course, we use our phones, which are very sophisticated and so on. Um, and trying to make, you know, all the different types of people and people with different experiences and, and indeed, skills and talents. And trying to come up with a system that kind of works for kind of everyone, that you don't have mm-hmm. to be to use it or what have you. And, and I know that, and I include myself in this, when you're using a new platform, a new system, yeah, you know, it, it is always challenging because things look different. They work slightly different to, to another one you might have been used to. I mean, even something like Slack, for example. And I know that um, because others aren't secure and, you know, you, it's very hard to make them secure when you're, when you're dealing with so many people um, for one entity, um, something like Slack works really well. But of course, a lot of people say, well, God, it's yet another app, you know, that I have to get to know and how to use and so on. So um, I think that that's the, the biggest challenge is getting people sort of up and running and getting them sort of interested in using it for starters. And but also, um, you know, relying also on the good old standards like email. You know, if somebody isn't working using Slack or appropriately or can't to use it or for whatever reason, that we, um, that we don't exclude people. So we can also communicate them with, you know, if that's text or, um, you know, uh, email, what have you, we'll, we'll certainly do that as well. So we have to get them all to work together and know that we have communicated with somebody at the end of the day. So there's a lot that happens in the background with, with uh, you know, the, the, the rest of the team that work to keep the system running as well. And not to mention Steve Hales, who has been, uh, fundamental in, in, in getting uh, a lot of this to work and the reporting and, and so on and so forth. And, and then we've got Lynn and Sean and, of course, and yourself and everybody else that, uh, that make sure it's knits together. Yeah. And um, it, we'll come on to in a bit around the, the courses, I guess, but um, some of the, uh, the things that we do day to day and we know are really important in business have kind of been threaded through some of the courses that we're going to be delivering as well and um you know you talk about you mentioned Steve Hales and obviously he's he does a lot of work around our Google uh drive side of the the uh, reboot program and I know that there's a course that kind of looks more towards that business data side so it'd be really good to we'll talk a bit more on that in a bit so what what was your kind of first experience with with computers because I can imagine you know I don't want to say that you know you're of the generation where you probably saw them when they were coming out in a in a whole room but <laughs> I know that you probably were around when the first computers were coming out so what was your yeah, well, first I mean, I- yeah, I think the first usable computers were probably out in the late 70s, but they were a long way from the west of Ireland where I was at the time. Um, my first experience of, of a computer of any sort was uh, back in the relatively early 80s, 1984, I think. I got my hands on the first 
my first computer, which was doing, taking a course, and it was a BBC Micro. I'm sure some people will remember, but most won't. Um, and it was like programming almost to, if you wanted to write a letter or a paragraph of text, it was, I still remember how cumbersome it was. And to me, it was, it reminds me of almost programming to format paragraph of text. It took about, you know, 15 sort of moves. But, um, but that was my first experience. We didn't have a computer at home, of course. I know some did have the old Amstrads and Commodores and so on. They were around at the time or a bit earlier. But I certainly had not one. So, and I do remember stuff coming online, um, you know, email, the sort of early 90s before it became, even mid-90s before it became uh, prevalent. I remember that coming into the office when I was there. Um, uh, Hotmail, 1996, when you could actually, uh, you know, use it on your phone, for example. And even very few people were using it on their phones at the time because we didn't have smartphones. Um, and stuff like, you know, buying the first book on Amazon in 1999. So I remember these are kind of things that stuck on my head that uh, that were milestones. And that's quite a long time ago. So, but stuff has moved on, as we all know, since then. Um, I mean, it, it's kind so, of the last, I guess, the last 15 years that it, it's just gone completely. I mean, I know we talk about technology quite a bit and and I kind of probably sit a bit in the middle of the the Marmite. It's a Marmite topic, isn't it? You you either love it or you hate it, but it's necessary now. And I think I probably sit in the middle and similar of Marmite. Some days I like it, some days I don't. So I probably feel a bit like that about technology as well, because yeah. it is just it is all consuming now in terms of how much it can do and how far it reaches into our lives. And whilst that comes with a degree of excitement in terms of the possibilities and opportunities, it also become, comes with a degree of, I guess, fear for people in terms of what that means for their own, their own jobs, their own privacy, their own security. And I know that that's something that you feel quite passionate mm very passionately about the, the security element and the ability to kind of really understand what technology means for people and their own lives and how they can best understand it and protect and support themselves through that process. Yeah, absolutely. When I mean, the, I heard somebody say on the radio the other day that we're all techies now. And in fact, I think they're right. I mean, and I have been for quite a long time because, you know, you're downloading apps, you're using apps and so on and so forth. And these are pieces of software that we all use and we have to, figure out how to use them and so on and, and become very adept at it. So, uh, you know, I think that it's all consuming nowadays. So, um, but what, what I have, I, I, we talk about automation and, uh, you know, replacing jobs and replacing people for that matter. And that has happened within the industry I work in as well, or the industries, if you like. I've seen it happen several times. And indeed, work that I was doing 10 years ago is now almost fully automated. And it's, it's very clever. It makes it much easier. But it's the the, the, the big companies like the Googles and, and uh, you know, Amazon's of this world are designing products all the time so that they become user-friendly, direct consumers of their product. Um, and they, they don't necessarily want to be restricted to companies or businesses or other people making that decision. They want to go direct to the consumer. And this is, this is, this is the way everything is going. Um, and that is all very fine, but of course, when you need to then transfer data from one person to the other, um, it can get very tricky very quickly. So, um, but I've seen, for example, I back in what 2009, I think, or 2010, I did my first 
formal qualification in computing. Digital marketing was actually data and digital marketing, how to, uh, what is data, you know, how to handle it and how to, you know, have get insights from data. So, and I have noticed that half of what I've learned has been automated since then. So it's it's very much hands off. Of course, you still have to know what to input to, to, to get the outputs. Mm-mm. But and see, you know, you still have to know the the subject if you like to make it work for you. But a lot of the hands-on work is now, as I said, automated, handled by the platforms themselves. So, and that's that's within the technology sort of sector. And I know it's coming very fast to at pretty much every other sector as well. So the first ones to change will be digital because it's easier to change digital. Um, but I see, you know, any white collar work, frankly, is going to be completely transformed in the next few years uh, with automation. So which uh, will bring us on, I know we'll discuss later on, why we've designed the courses we have coming up, we uh, launched uh, shortly. Um, with that in mind, it's kind of trying to give people an insight into uh, stuff like coding and data, what it means how to demystify a lot of the terminology that, that flies around with it and make it, you know, make it consumer friendly, if you like, because mm. we all got to know about it and we have to know about it increasingly um, just to keep up with with how things are going. And I know certainly from employment, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit longer in the tooth than most people who listen to this, but certainly uh, if I were starting out again or, or whatever, I'd, I'd have to, you'd have to be made sure that you've got this stuff under your belt at least to some degree, so you can have a conversation about it because you will need it going forward, I think. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I watched something really interesting. Um, I think I actually shared it on the Slack channel when we were doing a week about our future achievement, about you know this topic of automation, because I think there is there is an element of fear around that in terms of what does that mean and what does it mean for roles in the future? And I think what I've kind of gleaned from it is it's actually really tricky to know I think what what the the future will hold but something that really stuck with me was an example that this um this professor gave around a study they were doing in relation to what these autobots can do that collect data and they make predictions which obviously is a lot of what we see now on amazon so when you buy something it pops up and it says you know did you like this product and when are you going to buy again and that's all run by the, the kind of predictive sales process these autobots there's algorithms he was saying yeah which is you know it's very very fascinating and i think in terms of the generation of income for companies you can see why it's an attractive technology for for a lot of companies but what was interesting was he was given some some fashion um students against an autobot to predict fashion lines for the next 12 months and because an autobot can only go on previous trends in terms of what worked and what didn't the fashion shoots completely outperform them because they take information off what is happening with young people what they're interested in what happens at you know Paris and London Fashion Week which an automated process can't read and it's a completely human process in terms of so what I think that highlighted for me is that it's always going to be a role for humans working alongside whatever the automation might be in that particular job role um, and I guess it's just seeing what that what that looks like for people and trying to see what that looks like and looking at the next steps that you need to make so I guess what 
you think about the world of automation and what do you think people can do to kind of prepare themselves over the next five to ten years to keep themselves I guess work ready um, to stay ahead of that curve? Yes well it's a big question and of course I'm no expert um, you know I'm but a cog in the, in the very big wheel like, like the rest of us but yeah just from where I sit and from what I see is that um, first of all we it's going to happen regardless of what we do so it's already happened frankly it's happening faster and faster but at the end of the day, people will still need people um, to uh, input and how to, and sort of um, uh, you know see what data what what data comes out and how to interpret that and, and to do what with that data. So these people will will still be needed, but in a slightly different way. So when it comes to data handling and so on, we'll have to handle more data in a more processed way. That that can be automated. You know, the, the, even the, the scraping of data, the collection of data and the storage and all the rest of it, that's already pretty much there. But it's what you do with that. And I think this is where the skills come in. And this is the skills that are in demand and they can't fill the places they have already open. And, uh, and thus, uh, anybody in this general wider arena, um, you know, can, can command quite good salaries compared to the, what I call the, the legacy careers that a lot of us are in. I was in a legacy career for quite a long time. And arguably, I'm in one. But, um, and that's why I have to, even at my age, I have to continue to sort of brush up on what's happening next and kind of look just beyond the horizon or even on the horizon. Because, um, you know, for me, on the horizon, actually, for other people, that's already old hat. They've already done that and they've moved on to the next project. So I'm not that, you know, not at the cutting edge by any stretch. But, you know, I can see that I have to... Um, you know, continue to brush up on the technologies that are coming out and the ways of doing things. Like, for example, uh, automated workflows. And this is something I had no real concept of, apart from maybe e-commerce sites and so on, which are generally automated workflows. But mm. there, you know, there's a there's a definite start and a definite end. But with these new workflows, or at least new to me, when we started uh, working with Google Cloud or Google Workspace, it's called now. It used to be called G Suite, but then with Google Workspace. And it's this uh, wonderful tool that, um, you know, has storage, but also it has in your spreadsheet all the office tools that you could possibly want. Like we used to use old Microsoft, and many still do, I do too, but uh, moving slowly but surely towards these uh, cloud-based uh, products. And then app scripts and little apps and little, little nuggets of coding that you can write uh, within these spreadsheets and a Word document or any document you care to think of and what it can do for a couple of lines of code that you can write yourself what how how much easier it can make work for people um yeah. you can email from a spreadsheet directly and all this sort of thing which i think is fantastically clever it's you know it's not very new technology but certainly was new to me when i started using it so uh, and this is kind of the stuff you need to get to know about and, and, and anybody going into a business or in a business, for example, or indeed starting your own or just looking for a job where you can sort of talk, even uh, touch upon the subject of working in the cloud, using tools that you use already, but using them slightly differently within the cloud, for example, and showing to somebody that you can do this with, with this tool, um, you know, would surely um, make them sit up and take notice because it's, these are skills that a lot of the employers don't have themselves, not even aware of. I'm not talking about big corporates, but the majority of businesses 
are small to medium-sized enterprises, we know. And, and you'd be surprised how many of these businesses are not really even engaging with it just yet. And um, so there's great opportunity out there for people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wash up on the scale. It doesn't matter what you're doing now. You can still continue what you're doing, but just throw an eye over here and learn how learn a couple of new skills will transform your career. And you've, I mean, you've touched on quite a few points there in terms of, um, you know, you've talk, I've heard you talk about data and coding. So I know that there, there are obviously areas that we know uh, within Reboot are going to be really important for people to in, for people in the future. So let's talk a little bit now about. Um, the courses and you know you've you've kind of been spearheading that part of the course development and I know we've we've moved from uh, a previous provider that we were using when we were doing the face-to-face and I know you've had a bit of a journey to get us to this point with the um with the virtual courses and I you know I know pretty excited to get this out here because I think it's it's very innovative we've got a different partner that we're using for the for the content um so, you know, we've got three courses um, that, that we're going to be launching, uh, Data in a Day, Code in a Day, and Hacker in a Day. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit now about, you know, yeah. the process we went through when we were scoping these courses and why we chose to deliver those three as a, the yeah. touch points, I guess, for this important yeah. area? Yeah, our brief originally obviously wasn't to have, you know, too much digital or, or, you know, um, web-based or internet-based or computer-based uh, courses and so on, because that, you know, that wasn't the brief and so on. But we did incorporate uh, early on three courses, and they were delivered by a very good company uh, out of London, uh, Data in a Day, Code in a Day, and Hacker in a Day. And, uh, but of course, when the pandemic uh, came uh, with a vengeance, uh, the face-to-face delivery was out of the window. So we had to uh, think about how we're going to replace these with some e-learning, for example, or how can we make it possible to get these this, uh, these three digital courses, which were popular, and and because of the fact there aren't so many that you know there was there was good interest in these three, so um, we decided to create three new courses. Uh, the first one being do more with data, um, and as we know, data uh, shapes decisions everywhere. This is you know. Even spreadsheets, for example, be they simple one-page files or massive databases, um, they work much the same way. And every business uses them. In fact, I'm sure we use them at home, but uh, certainly every business uses them. And we decided that we we could put out, uh, you know, some very high-level database-based courses um, and frighten everybody off. It, you know, it wouldn't be particularly relevant for people that weren't already in that sort of industry or handling data already, that there would be the terminology, you know, take you a while to learn. So we decided to, to um, look for a way of producing a, an e-learning course with, uh, that's uh, easy to engage with, easy to follow, um, covers the main topics in a very user-friendly way. In other words, something I would like to read or be a part of as a consumer, the other the other side of it. Um, because, you know, um, even simple things like terminology can can throw you, you know, it's good to be able to rewind and read and something, but something that you can dip in and out of over a good period of time. And we happened upon a course um, provider, a chap called Ben Collins, and he's an English chap who's based in the States now, very successful, um, obviously very good at what he does because he, he works, consults with Google, uh, yeah, 
on an on a ongoing basis. And uh, so he produced his own courses. And he's, he's one of these people that he's producing the course, not necessarily to make himself a millionaire, but because he is so interested in himself. But he has this skill of imparting that knowledge in a very matter-of-fact way, down-to-worth way. Um, and he does it very, very well. So we decided to, because funny enough, myself and Steve were taking some of his courses. And um, we realized uh, about three weeks into designing our new courses ourselves, we said, you know what? Ben Collins just does this so well. Why don't we use uh, his as a platform, as a basis of what we're trying to do? And we can adapt it slightly. And it'll be ideal for our reboot uh, members. So that's effectively what we've done for two out of the three courses. So Do More With Data is an adapted version of Ben's um, Google Sheets, if you like, working with data on Google Sheets. So what it will bring is um, obviously doing more with data, but in a very practical, useful way, um, using Google Sheets, which in itself is an education because it's moving away from Excel, nothing wrong with Excel, um, but it's also getting people introduced to working on the cloud, if you like. Now, I know people already do, but this is where you get into the Google sort of uh, infrastructure, Google Workspace online. Uh, it's free to engage with it. Obviously, the course is free, but what I mean is Google, Google Workspace uh, or Google Drive. And what you can do within Google Drive, the clever bit comes with you've got a load of data, let's say, or a small bit of data on a spreadsheet within Google Drive. So what can you do with that data? Mm. Um, and to make it, you know, make it, make it work for you. Um, and what typically businesses would like to use data for, if they could, or how to make it more efficient. So that's kind of where, where we are with that course. And as um, I said, there's about 25 videos. And during each videos, he references uh, templates and spreadsheets that are already pre-prepared with the data in them. Um, and they'll be shared with the, the learners once they're registered on the course or enrolled on the course. So they will have, you know, they will be learning three or four different things in one go, if you like, but in a very accessible way. Yeah, and the great thing about this, Mike, as well, is that our rebooters will have an opportunity to do these courses um, and they're in a obviously a video format. So I know they're, they're a bit longer than the kind of what you'd call a nano learning. It's um, micro learning, I think, you know, courses yeah. so they're, they're nice yeah. and short easy yeah. to work your way through over a period of time but the other really really um great thing i think is that if they're practicing so they can use a free you know google forms is free so they can go and google slides google um sheets they can go and practice and if they're getting stuck on anything then they've got people within the reboot team that they can come to and do you know yeah. personalized little sessions with to work through how to kind of so it's and I always say this that when I'm when we're doing our networking events um you know reboots a safe space to practice this stuff you it doesn't you know there's no getting it wrong it doesn't matter you know you're not this isn't your job you're not presenting it to anyone for any kind of commercial purposes this is the best place to come and try it out see what happens and then you've got the resources to tap into if you need some extra help along the way yes um, amongst friends uh, if you like within reboot and you know there's myself and Steve and everybody else can, you know, help you. There's no such thing as a stupid question if you get stuck, um, you know, because we've all been there not so long ago. Um, and they're still there with many, some of the stuff at least. So, um, you know, you always ask a question of, 
pose a question to us. And if we don't know, we'll go and find out because we should know. But yeah. most of the time, it's not that difficult to get around. And what the beauty about these courses are, as I said, they're sort of within the courses, they're in sort of mini modules, if you like, 10, 15 minutes, very much bite-sized, nothing to overwhelm you. And you can revisit it, you know, anytime you want and mm. uh, until you practice. Or you can skip on to four chapters on and try that one. But uh, th that was the idea. And this we thought it would suit our new way of, of delivering. And we thought, instead of holding up for another month or six weeks, trying to reproduce exactly that uh, ourselves, mm. just why not use the resource uh, that's already there, presented by a, an expert in the subject. But his delivery is very, very good and very down to work. And uh, so we we we, uh, we we struck up a relationship with Ben, and uh, he was he was all up for it as well. So that was, that was great. So. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So let's do more with data. Sorry, I am rambling on. Do more with data. This <laughs> was introducing uh, introduction, sorry, to coding, and that replaces uh, code in a day. And again, delivered by Ben Collins, uh, slightly adapted for for what we want, but uh, and this will. This, despite its title, coding is, is you know, it's as simple as putting three words together or, you know, um, sheets and sheets and sheets of very clever stuff. Now, we're not into the very, very, very clever stuff, uh, but everything is run with code. And we will introduce you to the different types of code, what people use code, to, what type of code is used to build apps. For example, the apps we use every single day. Um, and it will actually teach you to do a few lines of code in a practical way that you can use and you can see how it works. And, and, and it's, not, uh, it's not hieroglyphics, it's not uh, you know, Mandarin Chinese, it is very simple. And we will, um, you know, the courses I should say, will, will show you how to use that, uh, how to create scripts, how to use it with Google Sheets or indeed any, any form online. Um, and it, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, coding is something that I, uh, I personally, even as someone who's kind of grown up with computers, I it's an area that's very, very alien to me. So I can understand that you know people is, is a very, very it's new in the larger market, isn't it? I guess I mean it's not new in the technology world. It's been around for a long, long time. Um, but in terms of this, I guess, you know, they call it the open source ability for people to do more with technology, create apps, you know, you could be at home and create an app and that can generate income for you. And that's been completely opened up in terms of um, before that would have come through Microsoft, it would have come through the big providers. And now you can quite easily do it on a on your phone and create something and get it plugged out there in simple terms, I guess. So this is why this is such an important topic, I guess. Um, it's good. Do you see it keep on? I know we were talking about this the other day and you were saying that it started off with one language encoding, there's now three, and that for our, you know, for our children, this is potentially just going to be like another language for them, another form of communicating and creating stuff that um, yeah. is really fascinating. And I guess it's just going to continue and continue to grow. Yes, it will. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's you know, very, even I have trouble keeping up with different languages, but thankfully they are very, very similar. And they, um, when you read, if you know one language, you will get to know the other one very, very quickly. It's not like learning what I call languages, traditional languages, where some of them can be absolutely, completely, utterly different to the other. But now I'm talking about the modern languages that come out the last 10 years or so, 
Um, you know, you've got JavaScript and you've got Python and all that. And they're all sort of intermingled, if you like. Um, and there's forks of those two main languages, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure there are experts listening to this to say, well, actually, Mike is a bit more sophisticated than that, but I'll go with what I know. Um, and you will be able to recognize one with the other. Um, now, but we'll use the same code that Google uses, effectively, to run its whole infrastructure. So it's very, um, it's very clean. Um, it, I think the modern languages, basically what they've done is become more efficient. So instead of using a line of code, now you can use two words, that kind of thing. It's, it's become more efficient and, in fact, easier to use. So you can do a lot more with a paragraph of text or a code, if you like, than you would have done five or ten years ago because it would have been a couple of pages worth. So that's kind of how it's moved on. And, and because of that, I think it has become more acceptable for people to have a go at... Uh, doing a little bit of coding. And this is the very sort of the, the first rung, if you like, of, of getting a taste and cutting your teeth on a bit of coding and apps, app scripts. Google calls them app scripts. There's effectively code within a, within a script or, or uh, and, it, um, and you attach it to uh, an entity and ask that entity to do something with itself or the data that it contains. And you can push it other places or you can send an email or automatically or whatever. It's really fascinating what you can do with it. Um, and this is the course to get the feel for that uh, introduction to coding. So we won't wax you know, too lyrically about the history of coding or all the different languages and so on. It's pretty much straight into apps scripts uh, produced by, presented by Ben Collins, who is an expert on this. But as I said before, on the other course, um, he can present. He presents it in a very matter-of-fact and down-to-earth way. It makes it accessible for us all. Mm. And I guess just to pick up on a point you made there, which I think is really important for our our members, is that they're coming into a a, a more mature um, technology now. It's not immature. It's more mature. Therefore, it's easier to start to explore and look into, and and that therefore is more accessible. Um, which is great. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is with coding, I mean, many people know there's so many free resources out there, you know, to try your hand at various websites. I mean, I could list five now, but best not to, because I think if you if you have any interest in it or think you should have an interest in it, it's worth dipping into this course, if nothing else, and, and looking at the introductions and see how the presentations are, and you realise probably quite quickly that... Um, you can learn a lot in a very short time uh, with, with this course. And then there are resources where are flagged up to you that you can go off and, and you know, sort of continue to practice and extend your knowledge. And uh, who knows, become an expert in it. But, uh, yeah. but it's a good way of, of sort of easing yourself into uh, this uh, sort of new world of coding for people. And, you know, um, you mentioned, Nikki, pre-interview about um, you know, people might be apprehensive about, you know, taking uh, these so-called technology courses or digital courses, and that is perfectly normal. It, you know, it's if it's new, it's always well, you're always going to have apprehension, whatever it is, and that digital included. Um, people might say, "I'm not technically minded. I can hardly use a phone properly." You know, um, I'm hopeless at maths, or I was never good at maths, or coding is just for geniuses and all the rest of it. And you have to put those misconceptions. Sort of out of your mind and just have a go have a look and then have a go that's what i yeah. guess because 
um, you'll be surprised what you can do very quickly if you uh, are open-minded. Yeah. And coming on to our uh, our third one, which is I know is something we talk about quite a bit. Um, I like to have good chats with Mike about the world of technology because it does fascinate me. And uh, the online security, um, which we touched on at the beginning, is a bit of a, I guess, it, it can feel like a minefield for people in terms of how do we make ourselves sh- uh, secure online? What are the be- How do we ensure our children are secure online? Um, because that's challenges that, you know, we're, we've got children we're all going to face uh moving forward and I know you mentioned something to me recently about a a good um kind of app security app which I then trialed on my phone and I was amazed at how unsecure (laughs) my phone was and uh, I was getting you know pop-ups telling me that this is where the issues were but then it's it it worked really well because it scanned it for the period of time I was using it and kept my data and my information safe so um Online security is is uh, another really important area for people, yes. and I know this is something you guys are developing in house for the for the members. Yeah, this is what we're putting together ourselves, and there's a huge amount of resources. I mean, the, the government has several websites and, and various other organisations, and you know most people are aware of a good degree of it by now. But having said that, um, there are elements of it that we're not so aware of, and include myself in this, and that's why I need to keep abreast of it. Um, but, you know, online security, it's basically guarding against, you know, crime, if you like, that involves the internet and unauthorized access to your or somebody else's data. And uh, because there are people out there that actually seek it and sell it for whatever reason. Now, um, simple things like our password, you know, we've all done it, we still do it to a degree where we've got the same password for, you know, 15 different websites. In my That's me. Yeah. <laughs> in my Actually, yeah. When you, when you run some of these programs on your computer or your phone, for that matter, um, you realize, or if you look at your passwords that have been saved in your phone, you realize, you know, over the years, you might have hundreds of websites that you've forgotten you even signed up with. And there's a good chance that one third of those at least have been hacked. Right? So your name... Uh, your email address and your password will have been out there. And that's the scary thing. And uh, now thankfully, because there are billions of us in the world, uh, you know, most of us don't get, at the moment at least, get hurt by that financially or any other way. But uh, it's becoming very serious now. And I think that this hopefully will prompt people to, or give them the knowledge without getting into too much of the technicalities of it again, because it, you, know, you can glaze over with a lot of this information. But it's just to give the tools to protect yourself and your family, uh, and your business for that matter. If you, have a, if you have a job that requires you, well, in fact, every, all of us have now, let's say if you have a particular position in a company, for example, that you, you, you know, uh, security comes under your watch, um, you know, this is very important uh, to get a handle on. But we've got... As you say, we've got our own data, we've got phones, computers, tablets, all the rest of it, and our children as well exposed. And, and that's really what kind of keeps me on top of it. Um, you know, obviously, I've got a security brief for Reboot, and uh, Nikki helps me with that. But also, um, you know, we're looking after people's data, and we can't have that leaking out, um, uh, you know, uh, anyway. Um, we've got our own, but I say the children kind of keep me on my toes. They're coming to that age now where they've got their own phones and their computers and they've got various games that they're members of and they've got chat rooms and all the rest of it. 
And it is a never-ending sort of challenge. You might think, oh, I've cracked Facebook and I've done the parental controls on that. But actually, there's probably 50 things they're using daily that we're unaware of. And they're unaware of, funny enough. Um, and I think this will give you a kind of a heads up on what to look for. And, you know, one of the, one of the key elements, key changes you can make without spending tons of money or anything that can really make a big difference. And there's some very clever free tools out there offered and easy to use, offered by, you know, Apple, Google, um, and others, and Microsoft, where which covers most of our, us, if you like, in our day-to-day -day work and, and leisure. But also, if you want to take it further, you know, for business and so on, what you what you can do very practically to uh, make yourself far more secure than what you might be right now. So that's the idea of online security. We're going to call it cyber security, but then we thought, uh, somebody pointed out that sounds a bit techy or a bit uh, corporate. So we thought online security is perfectly good. Most people can understand what that means. And because it is practical and it's mm. not, you don't have to be a computer genius to, to, to take a lot away from this. Mm. And I guess also it doesn't limit just to the business part as well. You know, the, this uh, and no. we talked in reboot about all the touch points of people's experiences as they come through the program and, um, you know, and this is important stuff for people and people, I guess, do feel um, daunted by some of it. Because like you say, there's a lot of information out there, but almost the existence of the internet has almost made it harder to get to the crux of the information that's going to be most useful and what's credible and what works and what doesn't. And I know you've gone through uh, your own process of really, really researching, understanding trying stuff out and knowing exactly what's credible and what are effective resources to Indeed, use. But also from that, from that work, and of course other people have done it before me, and you know, but it has taken quite a process. But what we're what we hope we can do within this course for people is use the knowledge that we've gained, i.e. some some really, really good shortcuts to making uh, quick and easy moves that you can do for you and your family and indeed your business going down the line. But let's say for you and for your family to start with, um, that can really take away a lot of this mystery about how you know I can't lock down every device with them. You know, well, if you can, and it's very easy to do that, relatively easy, easier than you might think. So, in other words, you don't have to go into every website that the kids might potentially use and try and do parental controls for everything like that, or indeed every device, because as you know, they're picking up one device, leaving it down, picking up another one, somebody else's. They're at school, you know, it's it's never ending. So, but some clever moves, some clever shortcuts that actually does a lot of that covering for you um, is what I found is, is the most interesting bit in that it is becoming much easier now, funny enough, to, uh, you know, to, to monitor and to lock down the bad stuff if you can and give them age-appropriate access, that kind of thing, to websites, apps and chat rooms and all the rest of it. Uh, because it is... It is becoming, you know, a real issue within schools and uh, with younger people, but, you know, older people too, but particularly younger people. And, you know, stumbling across stuff that they couldn't and wouldn't normally and so on. And there's people out there that uh, like nothing more than, than leading down the wrong way. So, and I think that there's some really good, there will be some very good content in this course. It'll be uh, released a little bit later than the other two um, because we're, we're still topping and tailing it, if you like. But um, I think it would be useful for everyone to have a look at it. Mm. You, will, you will definitely get something out of it. But there are millions of resources out there already. But we're trying to bring in the, the best 
that we've come across into this course. Brilliant. So, I mean, you've answered one of the questions uh, that I was going to wrap up with, but what what can we, um, when can the members start signing up to get access to these courses? What's the timeline for the courses to be released? Right. Well, the first one that will be released, we're in fact, we're myself and Steve and, and some of the others in the team were, were testing it yesterday. Um, and that should be going out um either before the end of this week or er very early next week. We're, you and I, Nikki, we'll probably have a chat about that. Exactly. Yeah. In time for our tech takeover week. <laughs> I think tech takeover week. We'll probably leave it till Monday, let's say. Monday <laughs> morning, I'd say, on, on, on the very first one, which is do more with data. Um, and the second course, which is Introduction to Coding, will be released probably mid next week. And the security one, if we can get, our, get, uh, get some time and our act together, love to have it uh, toward the end of, of the week um, but if not it'll be very early the following week it's yeah. just, just to get our ducks in a row if you like for that one because we've been working on the other two as well so but uh, it'll be worth the wait I think um, there was some good information in there and again it's a dip in and out and take what you need from it and you can always go back to it as often as you like um, and it will be um, it will be presented in a way that is pretty straightforward and not overly technical just tips and tricks really and stuff that you may not know about and in terms of how does it work for people who already had some of the data courses signed up on their learning plan how do they sign up for these courses well what we plan to do is to move anyone that had already enrolled on the previous courses will be automatically moved over to the new courses right now of course everyone has the flexibility to say um, no, I'd rather not do that. And, you know, because they will get an email, for example, when they're enrolled on the new course. And naturally, they're, they're free to say, well, I'd rather not, or whatever, that, that's not a problem at all. Um, and of course, people um, that, um, that haven't been enrolled in any of these courses before, they will, uh, we will be uh, accepting sort of enrollments um, for the, the first two courses, which are date in the day and introduction to coding, because we have a finite number of seat numbers that we've arranged with Ben Collins. Okay. So we have an arrangement with that, but that's not, not an issue for, for people to worry about. Because of that, in the background, we have to have a handle on the numbers that are coming through. We have to sort of record how many are coming in and seats taken, if you like. So because next week, there'll be a, a, a bit of a, a link, I guess, and a process for people absolutely. who sign we'll up be, if they we'll don't already simple. have on their learning Yeah, platform. a very simple process. We'll be letting the mentors know as well, of course, and, and everybody that works within the system. So everyone will be aware of what's going on. But it'll be a simple registration because, yes, I'd like to do the course. It'll be a tick box exercise, and then we'll take care of enrollments and all the rest of it after that. And they will, they're all e-learning, so they're all about, you know, delivered online and you can access it at any time day and for a good long period of time so there's no rush with anything um and we will you know let you know exactly how to how to access the courses so those that have already enrolled you'll be automatically enrolled it will appear on your dashboard and you just click to go um people that haven't already been enrolled on them um there will be a very simple process to arrange that for you it'll be as i say a tick box just to give us the consent to put it on the dashboard and then we'll place you on there and uh, have your own seat. Great, thank you. Um, so next week is, um, as we said at the beginning, our tech takeover week, um, all about 
the three areas of the technology that we've talked about today and the courses that we're going to be relaunching. Um, so come on to Slack. We're going to have some more articles, some more um, information about some of these topics and um, what's going on in the marketplace and why they're important. Um, so join us on Slack next week to, to have a read of those and be the first to get access to some of these courses. And thanks, Mike, for joining today for this podcast. Um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing everything coming out. Great. Lovely. Thank you. Bye.